This morning, our speaker is F.A. Adugba. F.A. is part of our leadership team at Skylark Church. He heads up the area of discipleship. But beyond the function, beyond the titles, F.A. is a businessman. He's a father. He's a friend to many. And he is an important voice and a gift to our church family that we never want to take for granted. F.A. is passionate about the Bible and grappling with it, thinking through how it makes sense in this generation that we're in and how we can apply it to our lives. And he's an authentic follower of Jesus. He shows us and models to us what it means to follow Jesus in a way that helps break down some of those barriers, some of those things that can sometimes hinder us from reaching out and loving others well. F.A., we are so thankful for you and we're really excited for all that you're going to bring this morning. Hi Skylark Church, how are you doing? My name is F.A. and it is a pleasure to be with you this morning. How has your week been? Seems like the world is opening up. Maybe you've had a post-lockdown birthday this week or visited the pub for the first time in a year. I'm hoping that this week has been really, really a blessed one for you. Also, I just wanted to just say, um, if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to last week's sermon by Matt White, it was really, really incredible about digging deeper and really um, searching to see whether the foundations of which of the things we built our life and identity on are really what Jesus has asked us to build on. And it was an invitation for us to continue to dig deeper. Um, So if you haven't listened to that, please go back. It was brilliant. But that phrase, dig deeper, took me to a, um, a thought of when, a few years ago when I was working out with this particular uh, exercise trainer called Sean T. And he had a training program called Insanity. And he would say, dig deeper. It was one of those moments where, I mean, it was pure insanity. It was 45 minutes of pure hell. You literally were on the floor dying, but you had really great results. And in those moments where he asked you to push through beyond the pain barrier, he'd say, dig deeper. It's because he understood that your mind would quit before your body does. So he invited us to take um, a step into that place in our minds, in that emotion where you lock in and you hold on tight until you get through the exercise. And I know for exercise, exercise for me um, has been one of the things that's really kept my mental and emotional state in check during the last year. So um, I've never really been exactly where I wanted to be with exercise. At the beginning of the year, I tried a 66-day challenge uh, with some personal trainers online. And they have all different types of training, you know, different types of strength training. But the one I know I hated the most is time under tension it is awful so time under tension is where instead of using uh, repetitions for a particular period of time you actually hold in and you lock a position and what it does it elongates the amount of stress you put on your muscles and i don't know about you if you've done any work working out you know you know 30 seconds uh, can go really quickly if you're potentially running on the spot but 30 seconds when you're holding a squat hold can be really, really difficult, you know. And 
it's interesting, isn't it, the psychology behind these things, that if you're giving a time uh, or a, a number of reps to go to, in your mind you're thinking, okay, I'm at 15, I get to 20, and then I can quit, I can stop, you know, I can take a breather. But sometimes in time under tension, three minutes or a 60 seconds holding one position, it's after the first 15 seconds, you're like, I just need to get out of here. I, the pain is too much. The tension and the stress on my muscles is so difficult. And it got me thinking really about the last year, about lockdown and pandemic and what it's done to lots of people. And in a way, we've all experienced some time under tension where we've had to stop and we've had to hold on um, and really have to dig deep and grit our teeth and get through the situation. In the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of the uncertainty, in the midst of job losses and economic downturn and relationship breakdowns and all of those types of things, some of us have really had to dig deep, have had to hold on during those times under tension. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when you are moving, you know, you get distracted by things because of the movement. So, you know, you're moving around, you're active, so you don't get the time to really uh, ponder over things. But when you are still, when you're forced to be still, that's when the voices start coming out and the questions start coming as well. That's when you start to look at things differently. That's when you start to question things about not only what you believe, but who you are. And a lot of us have been in that place recently, in this time under tension, with big questions grappling, is this the way that life is meant to be? I don't know about you, but for me, in those moments when I'm having to hold on to certain things, I look inwardly. I say, am I the right person? Is, is, am I doing things the right way? Why is this happening to me? And I think those are the two biggest questions we ask in any moment when we find ourselves with time under tension, when we're just holding on because we don't know when the next moment of breath is going to be. Lockdown for us was like having a countdown with no end time. Just said, hold your breath, hold in, but no point of reference to this is when we're going to take a breath. It's been like that for a lot of us. And in those questions, when all those things happen in the middle of the frustration and the tension and the pain and the pressure, we typically ask these two questions. Why God? Why am I going through this? And where are you in the middle of my pain? Now there's a story uh, in the book of John chapter 11 about a family who um, find themselves in this time under tension. Uh, a family member falls sick and they find themselves in this particular space where what they thought they would see, they didn't see and they had to hold on. Let's revisit that right now. John chapter 11. Now a man named Lazarus was ill. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. 
This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay ill, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is ill. When he heard this, Jesus said, this illness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to the disciples, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you and yet you're going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daylight will not stumble for they see by the world's light. It's when a person walks at night that they stumble for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples, he meant natural sleep. But then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let's also go that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, he, she said, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could he, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. 
But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odour for he's been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. So Mary, Martha and Lazarus are friends of Jesus. You see uh, these characters pop up throughout the Gospels and there's some stories where you find Mary, as you, see, as you heard there, wiping Jesus's feet with her hair as a sign of expression of worship to him. In that story, there were people around him who said, if you knew who this lady was, she was known as a sinful woman, yet she experienced acceptance and love from Jesus. That's one encounter. Another encounter uh, that the family had where Jesus was at, uh, came to their house and Martha was around, she was doing all the housework and Mary sat at his feet. So there was some relationship there already. So when this word comes out that Lazarus is dead, the one you love, Jesus, is dead. We thought things might have been a little bit different. You would have thought that, you know, she knows Jesus, she loves Jesus, Jesus loves her. They're in a relationship, yet when the thing that she needs the most, the time that she needs him to turn up the most, he doesn't show up. You can imagine her emotion. You can imagine how she's feeling at that moment. Jesus, I put my life in your hands. We've experienced, I've experienced your love and you've, you've told me that you're one of, that I'm one of yours. Yet right now, when I need you the most, you're not there. Where are you in all of this? How many of us have felt like that this year? Through the pain and the frustration of lockdown, in the difficulties of life and loss. When Jesus, when we needed Jesus the most, did he seem like he wasn't there? That he didn't show up? So the question is, and the question for me and maybe the question for you is, why the time delay? Why are you putting me under this time under tension? We have a relationship together. I thought that if I prayed in a certain way, I thought that if I called out in a certain way, you would come and you would hear and you would act in the way that I thought it would work. I thought that's how this thing works. Why the time delay? See in verse four, Jesus says, this sickness will not end in death for Lazarus, but will bring glory and praise to God. This will reveal the greatness of the Son of God by what takes place. But at first glance at that, you think, well, Jesus is orchestrating this thing so that he looks good, right? So that, so that he gets the glory. But what about Mary and Martha? Is he 
playing, you know, gotcha with their lives or, you know, I'm orchestrating this thing so that, you know, I can use your life as a pawn to create this scenario where people see something. I don't think God acts in that way. I don't think God uses our lives or using us, uses us as pawns to prove a point. And the reason why I believe that is because in three times in this passage, it's mentioned that Jesus loved Mary. Jesus loved Martha. The one you love is ill. So there's something else that's going on. There's something deeper that's happening in this story that we need to dig deep and find. I just want to say in this moment as well, that you see how he loved them by his reaction. Jesus was moved deeply by the situation. Jesus was moved to the point of weeping and shedding his own tears. I love in the Passion Translation it said, and tears streamed down Jesus' face. May I just encourage you today that when you ask that question, or if you're asking that question today, where is Jesus in the midst of my pain, may I submit to you that he is where he was with Martha and with Mary, right there with you. He knows what it is to experience pain. He, he knows what it is to, to love like you love. And when you hurt, he hurts. When you cry, he makes him cry. That's what this passage is saying. The love that he had for Martha and Mary and Lazarus, he has for you too. Something else is going on. And I think that something else, the reason for this time under tension is actually this. In verse 15, it said, you have another opportunity to see who I am. So you will learn to trust in me. Can I submit to you today that some revelations of who God really is can only come in the times of weight training. Can only come in times under tension. You see, the main miracle for me, I believe, wasn't the fact that Lazarus was raised from the dead. It was the revelation of who Jesus really was, that actually Jesus was the revelation, the resurrection and the life. He was the key, he was the answer, irrespective of whether the thing that I wanted to see, I, it happened in the way that I wanted to see it. He was the one to be trusted. He is the one who gives us life. He is life itself. That was the miracle, the miracle that people caught that and, and that eternal life was given to so many people. You know, in my own life, there are lessons that I have learned only in my times under tension. I, I made reference last time to times where I've been unemployed and trying to start a business and I didn't have access to resources or finances. And I'd always thought, you know, I was here to provide for my family and I knew at the back of my mind, I knew that God was my provider, but only when I needed him to provide the most, when I had depleted all of my resources, when everything like Lazarus seemed dead and my opportunities were gone, that's when I found out the truth that deep down inside, the core strength of my being, that Jesus is my provider and nothing can take that away. But I wouldn't have been able to know that. I wouldn't have been able to truly experience that, truly know that in my heart 
if it wasn't for that time under tension. Some things can only be revealed in weight training. Some things about who Jesus is and his character and how much he loves us can only be revealed in times under tension. Tension is for our sake because it builds in us a core strength that takes us forward for the rest of our lives. You see, in those moments for Mary and Martha, it was, it was transformative in so many ways because they understood that Jesus was the resurrection and the life. It built in them a strength. When the stone was rolled away for Lazarus, it built in them a marker for a future stone to be rolled away. When they went to the empty tomb and Jesus' body wasn't there, they understood that yes, he was the Messiah. He was resurrection and life. You see, they might not have been able to believe that in its fullness had they not experienced their brother dying and raised, being raised from the dead. See, sometimes we don't know what the time and the tension is for, but God has given us a strength. He is depositing a strength in us that's for something for the future. And that's what it was there. I think that was the miracle. I think that was the reason for that time under tension. But you see, when we are holding those moments, when we're in that tension, we have to put on what we call our resistance bands. We have to resist the temptation to take things into our own hands. We have to resist the temptation to be the person who creates the solution. We have to ban ourselves from the belief that we can do things better. Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Basically saying that Jesus, if you had been on my watch and acted how I wanted you to act, then actually the thing I think that I wanted, I would have seen. And many of us over the last year have struggled with some of that motion, have struggled with that. Struggled to resist the temptation to take things into our own hands, to go to places in our minds, in our emotions, mentally, where we know we shouldn't go. Because you said, I can't, this faith thing is just too much for me. There's so many things that are going on around in my life and I just cannot, I can't, hang my hat on that anymore. Because if Jesus, if you had come when I needed you to be here, my brother would have not died. Jesus, if you'd come on time, then I may, I may still have saved my marriage or I still have that relationship with my, with my sibling or I'd still have that job or I'd still be able to have that opportunity. Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But you see, if Mary and Martha tapped out at that moment, if they'd stopped believing, they would have missed out on the miracle, missed out on something that would transform their lives. You see, in those moments, we have to resist the temptation to tap out. 
and we have to choose to dig deeper. Because when we dig deeper into that tension, that tension transforms. That tension is transformational. Tension transforms. See, the pandemic has transformed the world in so many ways. I've spoken to fathers who are thinking about restructuring their work week so they can spend more time with their family. You know, there's so many things that have come out of this. Many people are being more health conscious, taking more walks, spending more time to connect and relate with one another. Creativity is birthed. Entrepreneurship has gone through the roof. There's been so many new business ideas and things that have come out of this tension that we've been in over the last year. Even us as a church, we're thinking about how we're going to move things and change things in order for the new normal, the post-pandemic, what church will look like. Creativity has been birthed and born out of this tension. The pandemic highlighted racial injustices and has made people think and challenge themselves to be better, to do more and actually say that actually there is something we're striving for together. There has been some transformational things that have happened through this tension. So I want to ask you, what has this time under tension taught you? What, has it, what for your sake have you taken away? I think it's so interesting that we can, so quick to rush to getting back that we can miss what we have learned in this time under tension. So what would you say that you've taken away, that it was for my sake that I went through this? What new revelation have you understood about who God is and more importantly about who you are? What priorities have you shifted? What are you going to take forward? What are you going to take into this new normal? So during our weight training, when we have time under tension, and when we're wearing our resistance bands, we have to do some HIT. And HIT is hope in the truth. You see, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what the new thing is going to look like. But the one who kept us secure in the tension, we can trust him. We can put our full hope and trust in the resurrection and life itself. You see, Jesus also experienced his own time under tension as he stretched out his hands on a cross, as he gasped to hold his body up, holding an old covenant and introducing us to a new. He saw what this time or that time under tension would do to transform the world, transform us into reconciliation with one another and reconciliation with God. Jesus went through his own time under tension and that transformed my life and it can transform yours. We can put our full hope, our full trust in him. So this week, if you're feeling like you are still in that time under tension, if you're feeling like you are still just holding on and you're fighting your resistance bands, resistance to, take, to, to, 
to do it your own way and you're gritting your teeth and you're keeping on going, I want to encourage you today. Keep going. Keep going. Jesus is building in you a strength. And even if your situation looks bleak, you see, heaven has a different perspective. Heaven has a different view of how we see the world. For us, it may seem dead, but for God, it seems an opportunity for us to trust him more. So I want to encourage you today, wherever you are, as we move into this new normal, let's put our full hope and trust in him.